In the beginning, there was no sound, only the void. And God said, let there be sound. Mr. Watson, come here, I want to see you. And the voice of man rang out, and voiceover was born. And God said, it is good. Talking voiceovers with Rick Sellers and Wes McCraw. The big podcast where we talk all things voiceover. And now, Rick Sellers and Wes McCraw. Welcome to Talkin' Voiceovers, episode number three. I'm Rick Sellers, and with me is engineer extraordinaire, Mr. Wesley McCraw. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. And today on the show, we talk voiceovers with our very special guest VO superstar, Daniel Ross, the voice of Donald Duck. Excellent. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a great show, so sit back and enjoy. Hi, is this uh, Daniel Ross? I'm sorry, you got the White House hotline. This is the big D himself, the head honcho, the big supreme commander-in-chief. Can I help you? Oh, sorry. Wrong number. Hi, uh, Daniel Ross. This is the Krusty Krab. Can I get you a Krabby Patty? Oh, man. Sorry. Wrong number. Ah! Hi, uh, Daniel Ross. Hey, who are you trying to reach, pal? Oh, sorry. Wrong number. Wrong duck. You're just... Daniel Ross? Hello, I can hear you. Hey, Daniel. Welcome to Talking Voiceovers. Thanks for being a part of the show today. Hello, Rick. Thank you for having me. I'm going to introduce you to Wes McCraw. Wes is the engineer who is sitting in with me, and we worked together for like 20 years. So, hey, Daniel. Hello there. Hey, thank you so much for doing this, man. I know your time's valuable and you're a busy guy, so uh, we can't thank you enough for uh, oh, being I'm a part of our little to, show man. here. I appreciate you having me. Thank you for joining us. Um, Daniel, for those that don't know, is the voice of Donald Duck on several Disney Junior projects. Daniel, why don't you go ahead and tell us about uh, what you're involved with? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have the uh, distinct honor and pleasure of, of playing Donald Duck for uh, Mickey and the Roadster Racers, uh, Mickey Mouse Mixed of Adventures, Chippendales Nutty Tales, uh, Hot Diggity Dog Tales, and some really awesome stuff coming up that I can't quite talk about yet. But uh, wow, yeah, that's that's kind of where I live at the moment. And uh, the Disney Junior Dance Party that's been touring around the country and. Oh, it's just, it's amazing. I'm so happy to be a part of it all. Good for you. That is phenomenal, and Disney's a great company, and Donald Duck is an iconic character. I mean, he's been around for 85 years, so that's... Yeah. (laughs) See, I hear a lot of people try to do that. That's one of those things that it seems that a lot of non-voiceover people think they can do well, but when I hear someone like you that really does the character well, I hear the difference. There's a big difference, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, you know, a lot of people do it just for fun, and look, it, that's one of the characters that people love to emulate. I, when I was a kid, that was my same inclination was, this sounds so cool, I have to try and do it. Sure. And uh, fortunately, my mom taught me how to do it when I was a kid, and I've had uh, uh, almost uh, 35 years of practice and, uh, you know, just... Uh, was very lucky in the right place at the right time to be able to actually do it. Very cool. That is pretty impressive. And I, <laughs> the mama duck taught you how to do the duck voice. That's really cool. 
Yes, he did. <laughs> and I got to ask, as a voice talent myself, how is your mom's Donald? Is it top notch? Oh, it's great. It's absolutely great. Um, you know, hers is not, uh, I would say, particularly refined, uh, but she certainly knows the mechanism and how to articulate. And, you know, between the two of us, it just it's a fun little banter back and forth. Oh, I can imagine that would be fun to listen in. <laughs> Um, is your Donald Duck voice based on Clarence Ducky Nash's voice? I mean, yes. is, okay. um, that was, I mean, Ducky He's was the, uh, the inspiration, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I was, when I was little, I would watch all the old Donald Duck cartoons and he was my inspiration. Uh, such an amazing talent too. I mean, he could do animal noises and, uh, yeah, really, really brought this character to life with, with this unusual form of speech. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely wanted to emulate uh, Clarence. And uh, actually, when, when the auditions came around for the character, uh, Disney was very explicit that they wanted uh, someone to emulate uh, Clarence Nash. So, so yeah, that, that was my goal. That's, that's what I did. And, uh, yeah, here we are. It sounds amazing. So you've, that, that is really an impressive uh sort of a task to be able to voice match a character that has been around for 85 years. I mean, that's really cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, not have it be a parlor trick, uh, for friends. No, I, I used to, you know, use that all the time to entertain my buddies, sure. and, you know, whomever. And, uh, you know, actually getting the opportunity when you're in front of a microphone, you hear every sound that's coming out of your head. So yeah. if there's an extra, you know, gurgle or sound or whatever, you have to, you have to fix that in order for it to actually sound like the character. And then of course, learn all of the little isms and, uh, you know, tricks and things that yep. uh, really make the character stand out and, and sound like they actually do. So going from a good impression to actually sounding like the character was, was quite the task. Um, but you know, one of the most wholesome tasks I've had in my life. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> Very cool. It must be a thing with voiceover guys. Daniel, I know Rick does this. You mentioned doing the character for your buddies. I wish I could play for you all of the voicemails I have from Rick and all the different characters. <laughs> no, unfortunately, you they're you far too politically them. incorrect for yeah, public no, consumption. You can't play those. <laughs> but, no. but it's hilarious, and, I, and, I and now you get a lot of uh, car insurance uh, voicemails. Sure, right? yeah, yeah, I do. I get yeah. that, but uh, he's, he's not selling me insurance. <laughs> Anyway, uh, getting back to uh, the questions for you, how long now have you been the voice of Donald Duck on Mickey and the Roadster Racers? Um, well, we started in late 2015. I shouldn't say late 2015. It was it was early 2015. Um, and yeah, so I guess it's been about, it's coming up on five years. Wow. Congratulations. That is a phenomenal gig. That's awesome. Very, very Thank cool. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I know it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is you have to be grateful uh, for those kinds of gigs because, you know, they're less than 1% of the folks doing voiceover are ever going to be able to reach that level. So congrats. It's really oh, cool. Believe me, anytime I get to the studio, in general, anytime as a voice actor I get into the studio to perform, I'm grateful, let alone to, to have the responsibility and weight on my shoulders of a character that's 85 years old 
with with a history that that spans generations. Uh, you know, not just my generation knows about Donald Duck. My parents knew about Donald Duck. My sure. grandparents knew about Donald Duck. Even even my great grandparents knew about Donald Duck. Yeah. Uh, and now the next generation and the generation after that. So that is really something that I take into consideration anytime I'm fortunate enough to get into the studio is is how important that is for me to get it right. Uh, and I'm just grateful, as I always say, that uh, Disney has let me borrow the keys to the cabin cruiser for, for as long as, as I can. Gotcha. Can you tell us exactly when you realized you wanted to be a voice actor? Yeah. Um, so I'm a huge Transformers fan. Oh, me too. Yay! Uh, we have that in common. Since the, I know. You and I have both voiced Transformers, which is awesome. Starscream. Um, that's you, right. That's and, right. Well, I, I did Starscream for the uh, for the movie games back in 2007. That uh, is which inc- was just incredible. Yeah, that really, was actually really cool. my very first big foray into uh, voice acting. And you know, I would go to Transformer conventions and I would meet voice actors, and they were always wonderful people and very supportive. And I realized uh, at a at a certain point that these are the kinds of people that I want to emulate, you know, personally and in my career, just because they're, they're great people. Um, and they have fun with what they're doing. But I have to say, I think back in like 96, 97 is when I really became cognizant of the fact that voice acting was a career. Um, cause I was fascinated with the show beast wars. Oh yeah. Very big fan of and, that show. Uh, too. Yeah, exactly. And many of the cast are, are now some of my closest friends, uh, David Sobolov, David Kay, uh, just wonderful people. Scott McNeil, Ian Corlett. Uh, I mean, I could just go on. Um, All the great diversity guys. And the talent and the voices that they brought to the table were so unique. And I was just fascinated with it. And as someone who used to do prank phone calls and impersonate my <laughs> teachers and cartoon characters, it was like, huh. You had to be a Jerky Boys fan. Oh, absolutely. I, I was going to say, <laughs> I think any voice actor worth his salt is a Jerky Boys fan or has at least heard of them or heard some of the skits. So I'm assuming that you're a big they'll, fan. They'll know exactly who Saul Rosenberg exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> they took my shoes. Yeah. Well, I have to ask you before we move on from the Transformers stuff, is your Starscream based on Chris Lada's, the original voice of Starscream? So there's an interesting story behind that. Um, in, in spirit, yes. But when I got the audition, they wanted something very demonic, very breathy. So initially, Starscream was something like this. And that's what they wanted. And I got to the studio and I was prepped and I was ready. And on a moment's notice, they said, you know what? Let's just do a light British accent. Wow. So what you're telling me is you want Starscream to sound like this. And they're like, yes, yes, that's exactly what we want. And I immediately uh, gulped probably harder than I ever had in my life because as a Transformers fan, I really wanted to do this and not get fired. I mean, he has to sound like Starscream. Wow. I was like, can we? Can we compromise? And they're like, yeah, sure. What you got? So in a moment's notice, I just threw out Decepticons. This is Starscream. Make for the rendezvous point. The Allspark will soon be ours. Very cool. And they were like, okay, cool. That's it. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, I got a little flavor of Chris Lotta in there. uh, A little bit of, you know, Alec Willows from from Beast Wars and, and a little bit of myself. And here we go. 
Well, um, and that, yeah, that was it. That is a cool story and a great little mix mash up to get the uh, kind of a new version of Starscream. Very, very cool. On a moment's notice, I had no time to prep. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I've been in the booth, and they come in and hand you copy. You had no time to read it, and you have to execute it and make it sound like you're not reading it. And it's that's it, right. It can be a challenge, but it's why they pay us the big bucks. So there you go. Oh, but it was so much fun. Gosh, I mean, again, as a huge Transformers fan, to be able to participate in the franchise was just a dream come true. That's incredible, uh, and, dude. And really what kicked it off for me. I, I loved the experience. I loved being in the booth. And as a, as an on-camera actor, I, I just kind of fell into this niche yeah. of, uh, of voice acting. And, and here we are. Very, very cool. So, Daniel, <clears throat> let's switch gears a little bit. Um I know you grew up on the East Coast. Whereabouts on the East Coast did you grow up? Um, I I was born in Washington D.C. and uh, I lived in Maryland pretty much my whole life. So you know, if you if you offer me a, a crab cake with old day seasoning, I'm going to be all about <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Try crab cake. I have a friend sure. that lives out there now, and he keeps saying, "Man, you got to come out here," because he knows I'm a I'm a crab cake freak. I, I, anywhere I go, if they have them, I have to try them there. Just and he says they're the best here. You got to come out here and try it. G and M crab cakes. That's you the can one. Order huh? them online and they'll ship anywhere. Nice. They're so good. That's good. Mm. good advice. That was an unpaid plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll find out. We're going to call them up. Crab cakes, G and M. So, like a lot of people, I'm a big fan of zombies, zombie movies, Walking Dead, and uh, just a ton of other great zombie flicks. I know you were involved in a trilogy of zombie films. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes. Yes, I, uh, along with my, my best friend and, and uh, film partner, Justin Tim Payne, uh, you know, we would, we would sit in his basement and uh, watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, and we were both struggling actors in the area, and we just decided one day, why don't we, why don't we buy the quick stop, you know, and, and do this ourselves and see what happens. And, uh, yeah, we made this, this really awesome schlocky, you know, horror comedy called Ninjas versus Zombies. And we got it internationally sold and we got it into Blockbuster and all the video stores. Wow, and it was cool. like, oh my gosh, we, we actually did the thing. Uh, okay, well let's, you know, strike while the iron's hot and we made Ninjas versus uh, Vampires. And we got that one on Netflix for two years and we got that one internationally sold and it ended up being I think the, one of the top 10 illegally downloaded movies in wow, 2010, no wow, that's cool. uh, which was just weird. Like, okay. An honor that we haven't been paid, but still we made a list. We did the there thing. Should be, there should be a trophy of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> and I even had a friend who was serving overseas uh, in Iraq, uh, you know, tell me that they found the movie on a, on a street vendor corner. Uh, it was a bootleg wow. copy, but it was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like that's kind of cool. That's when you that know happen? you've made it. You yeah. know you've arrived. Yeah, you're international. So, and we did ninjas versus monsters, and and we really you know poured our hearts into that, and and ended the trilogy, so to speak. Very and, cool. Uh, yeah, we just had a really good time, and I really enjoyed producing, and I produced a bunch of other films while I was on the East Coast, and. Uh, yeah, then decided, okay, well, I've, I've mastered that adventure, and it's time to pack my car up and drive cross-country to California and see what happens. Well, that was a bold move. Now, you were also an on-camera actor in those films as well, correct? Yes. Yes, I, I played uh, Kyle, who was a uh, foul-mouthed uh, pizza delivery ninja. 
Uh, and it was one of, one of my favorite roles that I've ever played. It was so much fun. And, uh, yeah, I, I miss on camera work. I, I still love it. I still want to get back to it, but I really decided that, uh, you know, pursuing voiceover, I needed to give it my all. Sure. And that meant not being distracted by, you know, other things. And I think that was the right decision. I focused all of my efforts money, time into, you know, workshops and networking and, you know, getting to know the community and establishing myself as a member of that community. Sure. And uh, I, I think that was the right move. Yeah, I was going to ask you, but you already answered what was your, uh, if you preferred acting versus voiceover, but it seems like it's pretty obvious that you've gone fully down the voiceover path, especially given your career. Well, let's let's be clear about something. Voice, okay. voice acting is acting. Absolutely correct. I should have probably said on-screen acting. It is acting. It is a different medium of acting, but uh, it, it has different uh, components to it. So I, I studied musical theater in college. You know, being on stage and, and giving performances on the stage is much different than when you're on camera. Sure. And when I dropped out of, of college at that point and I pursued film, it was like relearning my craft all over again because you had to uh, take the broadness of musical theater and bring it in and make it quiet and, and, and simmer and, you know, behind your eyes and everything else. And obviously be mindful of, of your, your physicality and then going to voiceover, taking all the physicality out of it and putting it just into your voice, uh, was, was such an amazing challenge, but yeah, it, it is acting. It is a part of the same, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's all part of the same thing. It is. And, it's uh, all. It's all acting. Yeah, but I I do love on camera. I want to get back to it, but I I do love voiceover. It's so much fun. Well, awesome. Um, I got to ask, where would you like your career to go from here? You know, that's a great question. Uh, looking towards the next adventure, I, I would of course love to continue uh, doing voiceover. Uh, there are some characters that I still want to play, and there's, you know, some some voices that I still want to want to create. Um, I still want to do more on camera work, but I think uh, getting back to production would be a lot of fun. I, I've been curious about animation production recently, and uh, you know, just looking to to make my own opportunities because um, it's one thing to to go about, you know, trying to to. Uh, uh, get involved in other people's productions, and it's another thing to do it yourself. So I think that's the lesson that the the Ninjas trilogy really taught me was you just kind of have to go out there and, and make your own stuff happen, uh, and success will follow. That's very impressive that you were able to get three films done. How did you how did you manage the financing? So <laughs> the first one, Ninjas vs Zombies, we we maxed out credit cards and. Uh, you know, relied on the help of friends and uh, as low-budget, guerrilla-style filmmaking as you can get. Uh, the second film, we already had much of our equipment, uh, so we were able to fund for half the cost. And then the third movie, we, we crowdsourced. We went with a Kickstarter, and uh, we raised uh, the money that we needed, uh, all under you know, $25,000, you know, each, uh, which included costumes and, you know, editing, special effects and everything you can possibly think of. Uh, but all of our money went into that and nobody really got paid. Uh, um, but some of the movies, fortunately, you know, on the back end have, have made a little bit of money. So we've been able to cut people with check. 
and uh, yeah, it's just uh, you do it for the love of it. You don't do it to get paid. And if you do get paid, then that's just an extra perk. There you go. Um, I know you're an animal lover, as I am, and Wes is as well. How is your bird yes. buddy doing? How is Buddy? <laughs> <laughs> Buddy's doing great. Thank you for asking. He's uh, he's he's my little friend. He's my buddy, uh, and he's a crimson-bellied conure. And uh, I I found him. I guess it's been two years. He's three years old, but I found him two years ago. And uh, yeah, he keeps me company and in this crazy town called LA. Uh, and, uh, he's a, he's a great little companion. Uh, awesome. He's very shy. He's very shy of other people. So he's, he's bonded to me and, and he's very skeptical of other people when they come to play with him. Well, that's very cool. And I applaud you for, uh, having a little pet and taking good care of him because it's so important for people to do that. So just my I love two birds. Cents. I love, love, love birds. I love all animals, dogs, cats, everything, birds. <clears throat> yeah. We both have matter. pets. So, so it's, uh, they're great companions. You know, I couldn't imagine life without my dog, you know? So it's... Uh, Look, if I, if I could have a duck, I'd have a duck. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you should. And you should name him Donald. I mean, how cool would that be? This is my dog, Donald. Um, That's right. <laughs> well, before we let you go, I'd like to say continued success with your career. It sounds like things are moving along at a fantastic pace, and that's awesome. I'm so proud of and happy for you. Thank you. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug before we let you go? Oh, of course, of course. Uh, let's see here. Uh, if anybody wants to follow me on social media, you can find me at actor Daniel Ross uh, across all social media. I have a new TikTok that you can follow, Instagram, Twitters, uh, the my my Facebook pages, and uh, yeah, all those wonderful things. You can find me there, and uh, my website is of course actordanielross.com. Very so cool. Give me a follow. Let's continue the conversation. Yeah, and hopefully there'll be some folks out there that can uh, sort of interact with you, and you never know, you may get a gig out of it too, and that would be very cool. Hey, that's always a good plus. <laughs> well, Daniel, <laughs> if you don't have anything else, we're going to probably wrap it up, I think, but I can't thank you enough for uh, for doing this for us and taking time out of your day, and we're very happy for your success. So you're, you're in rarefied air, and it's great to see because, of, you know, Rick and I both, we know how – how hard it is to make it in this business and and you know we know how what it took to get where you're at right now so congratulations on all everything you've done and everything you're going to do in the future thank you as i like to say Seriously, awesome thank sauce. you very much guys oh you're welcome excelsior <laughs> so anyway we'll let you go <laughs> daniel have a great rest of your day enjoy yourself go eat some good food pet buddy and and uh live life to the fullest my friend I shall in your honor. <laughs> Thank <All right>. you. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great right, day. Thanks, guys. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, Daniel Ross was a great sport, and uh, we thank him again for being a part of the show. Yeah, really nice guy. Yeah. And that is episode number three of the podcast. Thank you again for joining us on Talking Voiceovers with Daniel Ross today. And join us next time for creating character voices for toys, animations, and electronic games. You can uh, learn more about us and hear some of our work on our site, primodemos.com. That's P-R-E-M-O-D-E-M-O-S.com. There's a lot of audio content up there. You can also find us on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And also, we will be at VO Atlanta this coming March 26th. Through the 29th, both Wes and I will be speakers in the breakout session. So 
Be sure and uh, get your tickets and come on down and say hi and press the plush. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to bringing more episodes to you in the future. Take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Talkin' VoiceOvers with Rick Sellers and Wes McCraw. Find us on Facebook or on the web at primodemos.com. Primodemos.